الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اذكروا الله ذكرا كثيرا وسبحوه بكره واصيلا قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الايمان بضع وسبعون شعبه فافضلها قول لا اله الا الله وادناها اماطه الاذى عن الطريق والحياء شعبه من الايمان او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم every advice of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam every teaching of his is a volume an ocean rather of knowledge of guidance many of these ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam are regarded as jawami'ul kalim jawami'ul kalim those ahadith where there are very few words but despite there being just very few words there are oceans of knowledge in it and a person latches on to one of these also it will light the way for him and it will make everything else fall into place and among these many ahadith is the hadith sharif that was just recited when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that al imanu bid'u wa sab'una shu'ba that iman has more than 70 branches 70 and some branches bid'un is an arabic word that is used to denote a number between 3 and 9 so basically 70 and some branches so already there is a parable being given an example being given of a tree a tree is a, has branches it has leaves it might be fruit on it it will have some fragrance it look very beautiful so likewise the example is being given of the tree of iman and this is an example that allah taala has given in the quran sharif wa daraballahu mathalan kalimatan tayyibatan ka shajaratin tayyiba allah taala gives the parable and the example of the kalima tayyiba this is like a shajaratin tayyiba like a pure tree an excellent tree and the tree such asluha sabitu wa far'uha fis sama that its roots are firmly embedded in the ground and its branches are reaching the skies and furthermore tu'ti ukulaha kull hinin bi izni rabbiha and it is not a seasonal tree it doesn't give its fruit once a year it doesn't have two three weeks in the year that it now people can enjoy its fruit and then the rest of the year they go to wait tu'ti ukulaha kull hinin bi izni rabbiha the tree of iman is gives off its fruit at every moment with the permission of allah taala 
And then Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala explains these examples for people so that they may ponder and they may take a lesson. So this example that is being given of this tree, that a tree on the one hand is its roots, Allah Ta'ala says the roots of this tree are firmly bedded in the ground. This is the tree of Iman, the roots of which are to be firmly embedded in the heart of the mu'min. That it is not something that a slight wind can just uproot it and blow it away. No, this tree is firmly rooted in the heart of this mu'min and all the various storms that can come also. The temptations of nafs and shaitan. These come sometimes like tsunamis. Whatever other challenges come in his way. But this tree of Iman is not shaken. There might be temptations of wealth to give up Iman. Temptations of wealth to compromise Iman. There might be all kinds of other things that come in the way of a person to try and distract him from Deen. But this Iman is so firmly rooted in his heart that he stands firm, he does not get swept aside and swept away with all these currents that are flowing and he doesn't become part of the muck that floats on the flood waters. No, this tree remains firm. Everybody is doing something, that doesn't mean that he gets caught up in it. Everybody is now engaged in some kind of pastimes and so-called entertainments which are totally haram or which border on haram also. So just because everybody is doing it, that doesn't sweep him also. Yes, everybody might be leaving him in one, just so to say, abandoning him. He is ready to be abandoned for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Because he says that Allah is with me, then I have everyone. If I go with the crowd in the wrong place, then I won't have Allah Ta'ala with me. So on the one hand, these roots are firmly embedded. And then this is not just a tree that's roots are firmly embedded and that's where it finished off in the ground. That seed is there, perhaps some roots are there. And more than that, there is no sign of that there is even a tree here. So it is there, the capacity is there, that seed is alive. But it hasn't brought forth that trunk. It hasn't grown those branches. There's no leaves on those branches. No branches where there's going to be leaves. And obviously no sign of any fruit. So this is not the kind of tree of the tree of Iman. The tree of Iman doesn't just remain hidden under the ground. The person can't even be known that he's a Muslim. Alhamdulillah that Iman is there. That Iman is there, that is definitely something that will take him to Jannah one day. But Allah Ta'ala wants this tree to now come forth. The seed is there, but it now must bring the trunk out. It must bring those branches out, the trunk of firm faith and yaqeen. And then it, from that yaqeen, it must bring out the branches of ibadat. So the person has salah in his life, his five times salah is on time. If zakat is due upon him, he's fulfilling that correctly, not haphazardly. He is finding out the masail pertaining to zakat. What is zakat applicable on? How must he calculate that zakat? This is something which very commonly people are erring in how they are going about calculating their zakat. They are wanting to do everything 
in the right way, meaning they want to discharge the zakat fully. They are not intending to short pay anything. But they are not taking the effort to first find out that what is the manner of calculating that zakat. Or rather do one's calculation and take it to someone. That this is how I calculated it. If for any reason you don't want to put the figures there, it's fine, just rub the figures off, somebody might get to know what you have. Don't worry, he won't ask you for anything. But find out that this is what I have done, is this correct? Many a times, just to take one or two examples, one person, mashallah, was very conscious of giving his zakat. And according to his calculations, what he was coming to, it was a, quite a substantial sum, but he was making sure he fully discharges it and discharges it as a priority. But he just didn't know that zakat is calculated according to the lunar calendar. He takes stock on the 28th of February, from 28th of February to 28th of February the next year, that he is now calculation of zakat. Now in this way, because the lunar calendar is 10 days shorter than the solar calendar, in 30 years, one cycle of 30 years, he would have short paid for one year. That is one part of it. The other is, there has to be a zakat date. Every person who is liable for zakat has to know his zakat date. Which is the date of calculation of zakat? Many a person will ask him, what is a zakat date? He says, Ramadan. Ramadan is 29 days or 30 days. What is your zakat date? He says, no, Ramadan. But Ramadan is a month. So what is the date in the month? So, no, I don't know any date. It has to be a zakat date. And if for any reason a person does, the date is actually the date when he became the owner of Nisan. A person says, but I don't remember anything. When I became the owner of Nisan, I don't even know that. Life just carried on. So then a person should think carefully, whatever it is, and fix a date. Try to work out something somewhere, that perhaps, okay, I started working 25 years ago, it was around a certain month, so that, what was the Islamic date around that time? And fix an Islamic date. The Islamic date, for example, if it is now, let's say the 5th of Ramadan. So the zakat liability every year must be calculated on the 5th of Ramadan, not the 4th of Ramadan. Not on the 6th of Ramadan. On the 5th of Ramadan. Because that one day's fluctuation can make a big difference. On the 4th of Ramadan, he or rather the 5th of Ramadan, which is his zakat date, he earned another 100,000 rands. But he worked it out on the 1st of Ramadan and whatever it worked out to, he discharged it. This 100,000 would have already been included in the zakat calculation because it came within the zakat year. On the 4th of Ramadan he earned it, for example. So now it's in the zakat year. So as long as he owned nisab, whatever he owns on the end of that zakat year, he will be liable for zakat on that. Now he worked it out on the first of Ramadan and he said, well fine, I'm done with it. Meanwhile, this hundred thousand, he didn't add this to the calculation. And it works the other way around as well. This is just one or two examples. The object here is not to go into the details of the Messiah of zakat. It's just to highlight the importance of checking. To highlight the importance of finding out from somebody that this is how I'm going about discharging my zakat, and is this calculation correct, this is my zakat date, etc., whatever details go along with it. So now this tree of Iman, 
it will have his ibadat of salah in it, the branches of salah there, the branches of zakat, the branches of fasting, the branch of hajj. So this tree is not just something under the ground. It brings out these branches of ibadat. It doesn't stop there. It brings along with it the beautiful leaves of muasharat. That leaves which give a lot of shade. So now under the shade of this tree everybody finds a lot of cool comfort. Now whether it is his wife and children, whether it is his parents, on a very hot day, we are all the time under shade in some way or the other generally, but ask those who have to be out in the sun, and on a very hot day, they suddenly manage to take some kind of shelter under a shady tree. The tree, the shade of a tree, a very a tree with very thick foliage, the shade of that tree, the coolness of that is something unique. Somebody who has experienced it would know that on a hot day, when suddenly from that heat of the sun, he takes refuge from that heat of the sun under the shade of that tree, now he will know what a ni'mat this is. Now this tree of Iman has the leaves of Mu'asharat, the laws of deen pertaining to social life, which we discussed previously. So this gives a lot of shade, and shade gives a lot of comfort. So everybody around him will be comforted. People in his home, people who he interacts with, will all be comforted by the shade of this tree of Mu'asharat, by the shade of the leaves of Mu'asharat. And then not only that, his Mu'amalat, this tree brings out the flowers of Mu'amalat, not just a bare tree. It brings out the beautiful flowers of Muhammad. Now a person sees these flowers from a distance, that too already attracts him. Anybody comes into contact with this person in dealing with him, and even they're dealing from overseas over the phone. But the manner in which this person deals so beautifully, they're attracted. What teaches this person to deal in this manner? From the distance they can see the beauty of this tree. This is the beauty of that Muamalat that Deen has taught. That he's honest, he's upright, he's not trying to cut corners anywhere, he's not trying to deceive somebody in any way, he is not trying to enrich himself at somebody else's expense. It is more important for him to maintain a relationship than to make a quick deal and profit out of it at the expense of a relationship. These are the mu'amalat, some things would be totally meaning some, some kind of transactions and actions would be totally haram. Some might not even be haram. But because it will cause some taklif to somebody, he says this is something which I want to stay away from. Doesn't matter, I'll make a few rand less. But I don't want to cause some taklif to anybody. That's not something that he's, it's first upon him to forego that transaction. But that transaction is going to cause taklif to someone. Close by, it might disrupt the relationship. Uh, he comes to a higher level because he wants to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So this is not something that he's obligated to do. But he says that Allah Ta'ala has given me so much, why disrupt this relationship for dunya? So this is this tree of Iman, those beautiful flowers. And then the fruit of this tree of Akhlaq. This tree gives off its fruit all the time. 
the fruit of akhlaq and this fruit of akhlaq becomes such that it becomes depending on the healthy the, how healthy that seed is the seed of iman the seed of iman is very healthy and it has been watered well this tree has been watered well with the consciousness and remembrance of allah taala and with the fertilizer of mujahada then this fruit that will come also the fruit of akhlaq will become export quality people far and wide will benefit from the akhlaq of this person let alone those who are near now this is the same example that is being given in the hadith sharif when nabi sallallahu says that iman has more than 70 branches and this is that parable that is being given to us that this tree must come alive it must come alive in all its aspects the branches of ibadat the leaves of muasharat the flowers of muamalat and this beautiful fruit of akhlaq the sweet fruit of akhlaq was all being this tree and obviously iman is right there at the root of it the stem so nabi sallallahu says that this has more than 70 branches each one is a branch of iman fa afdaluha qawlu la ilaha illallah the greatest of all this is obviously the very stem and trunk from where everything else branches forth la ilaha illallah this is obviously the essence of everything if this iman is weakened the whole tree will weaken and allah forbid this iman is gone then there won't be any tree left so this iman has to be constantly strengthened has to be refreshed one is the faith that a person has to have in his heart the iman the yaqeen but the wording of this hadith sharif is also something to take a note of that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says qawlu la ilaha illallah saying la ilaha illallah that the constant refreshing of this iman also is required one is mashallah a person has iman in his heart but repeatedly saying la ilaha illallah time and again to keep refreshing this iman this too is extremely important and the ahadith are filled with the virtues of the zikr of the kalima and the various other azkar of istighfar so this is something that has to happen all the time this refreshing of this iman and then nabi sallallahu says wa adnaha imatatul adha an at-tariq that the smallest branch of iman but the smallest branch is speaking comparatively comparatively speaking the smallest branch like one building is 100 stories high the other is 80 stories and the third one is 70 stories say so this is the shortest building but the shortest building to is 70 stories high so this is also comparatively speaking each branch of iman is beyond our imagination that what this branch of iman should be all about nabi sallallahu says that the smallest branch of iman is that a person moves out something that would cause inconvenience out of the way he didn't drop it he is not responsible for it it's not his job it's not he is it's some public space but that doesn't mean that he will walk past without moving it out of the way because his iman makes it move it out that my fellow muslim will pass by some insan will pass by even some animal will pass by if it's on a public road and it will cause taklif so 
his iman doesn't allow him to live with them. This is a branch of iman alive. And this is part of that akhlaq that we spoke about yesterday. This is an adornment. That he cannot allow anybody else to be inconvenienced from him. And neither will he let anything of inconvenience lie in the way which somebody else is responsible for. But if he brings alive that branch of iman, that somebody else has been responsible for this, but he doesn't leave it there, where it will be possible that he will deliberately leave something in the way to cause the cleave. Where it will be possible that he will speak in a way deliberately that will cause the cleave. Or he will act in such a way deliberately that will cause the cleave to anybody. This branch of Iman is alive in him. That nobody must get any kind of inconvenience. Even if somebody else was responsible for that aspect of inconvenience. So then where is he going to become a means of inconvenience deliberately? Mistake, insan is insan, we all are insan, we all are. But deliberately, not out of lack of any concern, out of lack of care, just wanton neglect, that won't be possible from him. Because this branch of Iman is alive. And this is the lowest branch of Iman. This is the smallest branch of Iman. And this stems from Akhlaq. Now can we imagine that if a person loves to cause some kind of difficulty to others, somehow he is doing something to irritate somebody and pain the body, something within a limit of light-heartedness, that's not what he is being referred to obviously. But where he knows somebody is being hurt by something. And despite knowing somebody is being hurt by this, he still gets fun out of it. That becomes his entertainment. To entertain himself by paining someone else. That if somebody else is shrieking in pain, then that becomes a means of for him to smile now. So then, what is left of this Iman? If this is the smallest branch of Iman, and if we have stepped lower than this also, then what is left of the branches of Iman? So in any case, this is something which Nabi Islam mentions, and this akhlaq, in the Hadith Sharif as we discussed, that this is the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds, on the day of Qiyamah. There is nothing weightier, min shayin asqal, nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds, on the day of Qiyamah, bin khuluqin hasan, than good akhlaq. And this good akhlaq with all, what is the summary of this good akhlaq? It's got so many details in it, but the summary of it, the sum total of this good akhlaq is to deal with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala in such a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased. This is the sum total of all the aspects of akhlaq. That a person forever is first thinking that now how am I going to conduct myself? Will this be earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala or his displeasure? I'm going to speak now. This manner of speaking, will it earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala or his displeasure? If a person keeps pondering over this one aspect all the time before he does anything, before he says anything, he'll rectify his akhlaq. Because Allah Ta'ala is pleased with the akhlaq of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala gave him the highest level of akhlaq. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then said, I have been sent to perfect good character. So Allah Ta'ala is pleased with that. So now each time he asks himself that question, he'll want to know, okay, what is the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this? That is how I should do it. That is how I should conduct myself. That is how I should speak. That is how I should react to situations. That is how I should interact with others. 
So this was the second thing Nabi Islam mentions, that imatatul adha anit tariq. And then the third aspect that Rasulullah Islam mentions in this Hadith Sharif, wal hayaa'u shu'batun min al-iman. That hayaa, shu'batun, ay shu'batun azimatun. This is a huge branch of iman. So the greatest branch of iman, la ilaha illallah, the smallest branch of iman, which is imatatul adha'anit tariq, removing something from the way that will cause inconvenience. And then from the 70 and more branches, there's only one third thing that's mentioned here. And that is haya. So out of all the other branches, only this has been specifically mentioned. Because this is that branch which itself becomes the means of many branches shooting out of it. You get a tree, the trunk, then you get one huge branch and from it many branches. Haya is such a branch that if Haya is alive, there will be many other branches of Iman alive. And chop this branch out, then many other branches will follow this. If Haya is alive, Adab will be alive. There's no haya, there'll be no adab also. Person will just behave in a anyhow, in a rude manner, abrupt way. Why? Because there's no haya. It doesn't matter whether he's talking to his uncle or his grandfather or whether he's talking to some elder in the community or whether he's conducting himself in a bad way in front of anyone and everyone. There's no haya, there'll be no adab also. There's no haya, there'll be no Many other branches of Iman will just fall away. And this Haya in one Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, this Iman and Haya coexist. If, if Haya goes, Iman will go also. And the ulama explain that Haya keeps weakening by sin. That a person continuously commits guna and sin. Each time he sins, it starts weakening the haya. And now a person goes on carelessly, not concerned, sinning, but first he'll be doing it quietly. He'll go and hide and do something somewhere. Because that haya is still there, but now it's getting affected. But first he'll be doing it quietly somewhere. He'll be hiding and doing it quietly, out of haya. But then as this haya weakens, now what he was doing secretly, he now is doing it little, little unconcerned. Maybe still indoors, but not worried about now who indoors is watching, what he's up to. First he was hiding and doing something quietly in secrecy, now he's watching that same filth in front of his wife. And he says, you... Got any problem with this? I'll give you the talat, you can carry on. So where this came from? This continuous sinning. Now it made him so shameless that this is now nothing for him. And he uses the stress of talat to just keep everything under the lid. But how long? And then after a while, when he continues, then he says, I, I'm not bothered about what people think about me. Actually, that statement is an announcement that I have no shame left. That statement is an announcement that I have no shame left. 
a person who's got no shame left will not be bothered about who thinks what about him. But a person who's got a little bit shame in him also, he'll be concerned, he'll be concerned about insan, and then that might bring some concern, but Allah Ta'ala is watching, he'll have haya from Allah Ta'ala. But when a person starts sinning and blatantly sinning, and doesn't make toba and goes on sinning, each time this is like the corrosion that comes onto something, and it keeps corroding it. Now he doesn't treat it, he doesn't sort it out, he doesn't get it panel beaten and welded and get the panels replaced. Then this starts corroding more and more before he knows it, there's no body work left. And now everything is exposed, that engine is in state of disrepair, that body work was now covering it up to a point. Now everything became exposed, because that whole body work crumbled, due to the constant corrosion. So this haya is weakened by sin. And when a person becomes shameless, then one thing leads to another. First then, all his amal go. Then, after his amal go, then he starts becoming bold, even in aspects of aqaid and belief. He starts making statements which become kufr statements, all as a result of this lack, total lack of haya. It starts off from that and finishes off on this point. Therefore, in this hadith, Sharif Nabi Salaam says that Iman and Haya coexist. Ida rufi'a ahaduhuma, rufi'a al-akhar. One goes, the other will go with it. So this is a very, very integral part of Iman. And this is what Shaitan attacks. This is what Shaitan attacks because if the person's Haya starts breaking down, then it's free for all. Then all the vices become the norm in society. And the thing that shaitan starts attacking first, among the first things, from where this haya is then diminished further, is dressing. The kind of dressing shaitan will push into society, into people, would be shameless. It won't happen and come to the to the bottom of the shamelessness in one night, but you gradually keep pushing the boundaries. First it will push the boundaries, some people will adopt that kind of shameless garb, and others will say that these people are gone a little bit too far now. But then, after a while they get used to seeing that, and then they start also following suit, because shaitan now makes that beautifies the evil. Before one knows it, that has become the standard Nauzubillah. And then that boundary gets pushed further. And all shaitan's agents, minal jinnati wan nas, from jinnat and humankind also, via the media, via whatever else. And if somebody wants to keep to the dictates of haya, then that person is now ostracized, that person is abandoned. That person is, all kinds of comments are made against that person. That person is made the butt of jokes. You are dressing like my granny's elder sister. Sometimes great granny. Great granny, not only that, but great granny's elder sister. All kinds of comments will be made to try and now make the person feel, that, you know what, I am really living on some other planet. I don't belong here. But these are all the Spurrings of shaitan, 
Why? To break this haya down. There have been instances where some females ask for advice. Is it permissible, even permissible to attend this function where there is complete segregation? There is no intermingling. But despite that, is it permissible to enter, attend this function? Why? She is because of the dressing. There is so much of nudity. Though this is a female only section, but it just doesn't, it's totally disgusting and doesn't seem like it's even permissible. So now, the whole thing stems out from this. If I don't go, am I guilty of breaking family ties? No, you're not. In fact, that's the right thing to do. That is the thing you must do. That to attend such a gathering, where there is this kind of shamelessness, is not permissible. But the thing is, that this is not only something to address to the females. It is something we have to understand also. What's happening around us? What's happening under our noses? Are we maintaining the haya in our homes? In our extended families? This is something to make a concerted effort. It's already gone so far away. And when something has been bent already, then to straighten it like a piece of paper, if it is already bent, are you going to straighten it? You'll have to bend it over backwards and smoothen it out. Then it'll come straight again. It won't just come by just trying to bring it back onto the level it should have been. You have to bend it over backwards. In other words, this, to bring this haya alive again, we'll have to make an effort to bend things over backwards. Go far behind. Then hopefully it'll come onto some kind of balance. Things which were beyond imagination 20-25 years ago, this is something, that if a person even mentions that this is not in order, that becomes the kind of surprise. That really? What's wrong with this? That becomes the refrain. But what is wrong with it? Everything is what is wrong with it. Have we looked at this in the light of the Quran and Sunnah? In the light of the way of the Sahabiyat? In the light of the pious predecessors? Hazrat Asma radiallahu ta'ala anha once one of her sons sent her a garment. By that time he sent it as a gift. He had gone some other place and he sent it as a gift. Urwa bin Zubair perhaps it was or somebody else. So when he sent it to her she was blind already. So she felt it and she sent it back. He said I don't want it. So he felt a little disappointed that I brought this as a gift for my mother and she returned it, she rejected it. She didn't bring it, she didn't accept it. So he came and he explained to her, because now thinking she is blind, maybe because of that she is not realizing that this material, this fabric, this cloth, is not transparent in any way. Perhaps she is thinking it's transparent in some way. So he's explaining to her that this is not something that's transparent. She felt the cloth and said, if it's not transparent, but it is so thin, that it will still expose the figure of the body. I don't want to take it away. Now this blind lady, but she took all the care to see that this fulfilled the requirements of covering. Now this is just one aspect of this aspect of haya, which shaitan attacks, and then this becomes the means of so much of vice. 
Now this is an ongoing story that people come with that, well in the workplace, I go to work in a place where there's so many females there, and the kind of dressing that they come with, and then what that becomes the end result of. Now, shaitan is everywhere, trying to create his mischief, and this becomes the starting point. That this provocation by means of the dressing. And insan is full of all these weaknesses, so now he is in this environment that is charged with this shamelessness. Like an environment where gas is floating all over. Now one spark is enough to cause it to explode. That is why you go to a filling station, there's big notices there, that no smoking. Not only there, it shouldn't be anywhere. Because where there's smoke, there's fire afterwards. So, they shouldn't be smoking anywhere, but in particular, in these filling stations, you'll find big notices, no smoking. Why? Because this fumes of this fuel are in the atmosphere here. So now one spark can become very, very dangerous, it can create an explosion. So now in the environment, that workplace, whatever else, is charged with shamelessness. All around this shamelessness, this nudity. So now this is an environment that is charged with this gas, with the fumes of this fuel. And now it needs one spark to create an explosion. So what is the thing that we have to keep alive is this haya. In one riwayat is mentioned, man qalla hayauhu qalla warauhu. The person whose haya is weakened, decreased, his wara, his caution in deen, that will weaken tremendously. And as that keeps weakening, وَمَنْ قَلَّ وَرَعُهُ مَا تَقَلْبُهُ As this caution keeps decreasing, his heart will die. His spiritual heart will die. And then Allah forbid, then the floodgates of vice are opened. So this haya is an extremely essential quality. Just to finish off one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Nabi Islam said to the Sahaba that Istahyu min Allahi haqqal haya that adopt haya from Allah Ta'ala and fulfill the right of that haya. So they replied, Alhamdulillah, we have haya from Allah Ta'ala. We stay away from haram, we stay away from vices and sins because we are conscious Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala is away. So just as the person, as in one hadith sharif, one person came and he asked Nabi Islam for advice. Awsini ya Rasulullah, give me some advice. Nabi Islam gave him advice that istahi min Allah kama tastahi min rajulin salihin min qawmik. Have haya for Allah Ta'ala in the way that you have shame and modesty in front of a pious elder of your community. A pious elder of your community, then you are even careful about how you speak you won't do something abrupt, which you might do among friends and so on. You'll deal, you'll conduct yourself in a very, very cultured manner, very carefully. That's the least amount of haya you should have for Allah Ta'ala. That is the starting point of the haya for Allah Ta'ala. So likewise, here Nabi Islam said to the Sahaba that adopt haya for Allah Ta'ala. They said, Alhamdulillah, we have this haya, meaning be conscious and we stay away from because Allah Ta'ala is watching. Nabi Islam said, I'm not just, just referring to that. I'm referring to something beyond that. The fulfillment of the right of Haya for Allah Ta'ala 
is something even more than that. That if you have haya for Allah Ta'ala, then the haya for Allah Ta'ala is an ma wa'a. That you even look after the mind and what is in it, what is going around in it, the heart, the thoughts. You are conscious about your thoughts also. Because Allah Ta'ala is not only watching your actions. Allah Ta'ala knows what goes through the heart as well. Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye also, the, the, the deception of the eye and what is lurking in the heart, what the heart is concealing. So now to be conscious of that as well. To purify one's thoughts. Not to cook up haram in one's heart and mind. Not to be sitting and fantasizing. Which totally destroys the noor of the heart. And when the noor of the heart is destroyed, then this is going to create evil thoughts. And the heart is king, evil thoughts are going to now create evil actions. It starts off with the heart, and the heart then leads to action. So, Haya also requires that you are careful about what you put in your stomach. That it is pure, it is halal. Because the kind of food that goes into the stomach, that is what nourishes the blood. And that blood nourishes the heart. And if that comes from halal and tayyib sauces, then inshallah that would bring its nur into the heart also. But if that came from doubtful sauces, the person is not concerned, careless, where he eats from, what he's buying, where he's buying it from. And what is his income, making sure his manner of earning that income is 100% halal. If he's not concerned about that, then the zulmat of that comes, the, the darkness of that comes, and that then comes into the heart. Then obviously, the effects of that will be in the actions also. And then, وَأَنْتَذْكُرَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْبِلَىٰ and that you remember death is coming. And you remember what's going to happen in the grave. That I'm going to decay in the grave. I'm worried so much about beautifying this external self. Fine, to look after it is necessary. To take care of it is necessary. But all my energies and time and everything focused towards the beautification of this external self. How much of attention have I given to the internal self? I've taken all the care to see to the, to the cart. But the horse that's going to pull this cart along that is being starved. So this is foolishness. So this is also part of that haya. And then Nabi Islam says, وَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْآخِرَةِ تَرَكَ زِينَةَ الدُّنْيَا وَزَهْرَتَهَا That the person who truly intends to gain the akhirat, then he does not hanker behind the glitter and glamour of dunya. Whatever ni'mat Allah Ta'ala blesses him with in a halal manner, without making that the object of his life, alhamdulillah. But that he doesn't make the focus of his life. He doesn't make that the purpose of his life. He doesn't hanker behind that and in the process even compromise on his deen. That is not what he does. So this is something that is extremely essential. It is something that we have to keep talking about in our homes, in our families. We have to keep listening about. We have to keep reading about. Keep thinking about. And work towards bringing back this haya alive in our own lives the lives of our families, the lives of our communities, and in all in Sunday, this is something which is extremely important, otherwise the way that things are just going downhill, Allah forbid the next generation, 
what will be the condition? Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq, Allah Ta'ala bless us to fulfill all the aspects of deen, bring it into our lives, and live our lives in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَبَارَكَ وَسَلَّمَ تَسْلِيمًا كَثِيرًا كَثِيرًا يَا رَبِّ صَلِّ وَسَلِّمْ دَائِمًا أَبَدًا عَلَى حَبِيبِكَ خَيْرِ الْخَلْقِ كُلِّهِمِ جَزَ اللَّهُ عَنَّا نَبِيَّنَا مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِمَا هُوَ أَهْلُهُ لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله 
محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلالہ عم نوانہ الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هم إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واعف عنا 
والمعافاه في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله يا الله we are sincerely repenting for all the wrongs we have committed يا الله يا الله indeed we are most sinful يا الله from head to toe we are covered in sin يا الله إله العالمين we shamelessly disobeyed you يا الله We shamelessly broke your commands, Ya Allah. We shamelessly did everything that you commanded us not to do, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we shamelessly abandoned those things we should have been doing, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, today we are making sincere Tawbah, Ya Allah. We are sincerely making Tawbah, Ya Allah. We regret whatever has happened in the past, Ya Allah. We are making a firm pledge not to go to the sins again, Ya Allah. We are making a firm pledge to fulfill all the obligations of Deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept our Tawbah, Ya Allah. Accept our Tawbah, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all the major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Forgive what was done deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our relatives and friends, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire Ummat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, forgive the Ummat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the Ummat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, show your maghfirat on the Ummat, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the Ummat, Ya Allah. Remove the suffering of the Ummat, Ya Allah. Remove the oppression from the Ummat, Ya Allah. Remove the poverty of the Ummat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, spread the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Spread the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Make us and the entire Ummat your true servants, Ya Allah. Make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep us forever in your obedience, Ya Allah. Save us from ever doing anything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. We are very weak, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, without your protection, we cannot save ourselves from nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. You safeguard us, Ya Allah. Look after us like the little baby is looked after, Ya Allah. Allahumma waqiyatan ka waqiyatil walid. Allahumma waqiyatan ka waqiyatil walid. Ya Allah, look after us like the little child and baby is looked after, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us the topic of all the righteous actions, Ya Allah. Save us from all the vices and haram, Ya Allah. Save us from all the shamelessness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the a'mal of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. Accept us in our progeny till qiyamad for the khidmat of deen with ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. And all those who are sick, give them shifaya kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of the illness, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, cure us from our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Cure us from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. All those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Those in any kind of sorrow and grief. Ya Allah, those who are in depression, anxiety. Ilahu al-alamin, remove all the difficulties with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant sukoon and itminan to the hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, correct our hearts to you, Ya Allah. 
Connect our hearts to you, Ya Allah. Connect our hearts to you, Ya Allah. Let you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. Let you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have passed away, Ya Allah. Fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Give them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, the type of our death take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us from iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us from tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to perform the salah in a way you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr every day, Ya Allah. Enable us to be forever in your remembrance, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your remembrance, Ya Allah. Allah, remove all the evils from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove all the futile things from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we remember so many things, Ya Allah. But what a tragedy it is that we forget you, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from this tragedy, Ya Allah. Allah, make our hearts be immersed in your remembrance, Ya Allah. Immersed in your gratitude and shukr, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to speak to you in dua daily, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the vices, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah begged for. Ya Allah, we are also begging for all the good, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, we are also seeking refuge from it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, you grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove all their sorrows and grief, Ya Allah. Remove all their worries and concerns, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant them the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Keep them with afiyat in every aspect, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are present, Ya Allah. You are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Grant us all halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Fill the risk with barakat, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from evil, Ya Allah. Stretching our hands or stretching our eyes to anybody but you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let us be forever only be dependent on you, Ya Allah. Save us from ever being dependent on anyone but you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, keep our hearts focused to you at all times, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Nabi Islam begged for, Ya Allah, we also begging for all the good. Whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you grant us protection as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka min nabiyyika wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sta'adaka min nabiyyika wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-'ali al-'azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil